It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Raider Nation. Welcome back, football fans. You're here on Silver and Black today where we talk about Raiders football. Yes, we don't talk about anything else. Maybe some food, maybe an occasional movie, definitely fantasy football. That's for another conversation. Uh, But we always talk Raiders football. Make sure you download the show. If you haven't already subscribed, please go do it. You can find Silver and Black today anywhere you get podcasts, excuse me. You could find it on the Odyssey app, for example, which is a great option. Or if you're on Apple, Stitcher, iTunes stuff, whatever you're doing, you can find Silver and Black today. So do that. Also, do us a favor. Drop a five-star review. We're starting to get some good reviews uh, after we had a bunch of Chiefs fans come in and give us negative reviews. But we're, we're going to come in and say thank you for all that, uh, but doing it. And the Odyssey Football Network uh, for through 2400 Studios growing fast. There's a, there's a podcast for every team. And we are one of the fastest growing in the system, and we appreciate that, and that's because of you. Mo Moten, he is the national NFL columnist for Bleacher Report, also a columnist for Sports Not Writing About the Raiders. You can follow him at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. All right, Mo, let's now get into, if if you're a Pollyannic kind of person, you might want to just maybe uh, skip ahead in the podcast. We're going to talk about some of the issues the Raiders still need to address after we saw the performance against the Broncos, not being negative, instead focusing on what they should work on, knowing who's coming up next, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with Darren Waller. Uh, I talked earlier in the show about him, Mo. I think the injury coupled with the time away from the team, i.e. not practicing on the field with the team, even though he might have been there physically a lot of the time, is still not um, – He's still not over that. I think, yes, we're four weeks in. I still see some flashes, but the focus uh, of Darren Waller and the ability for him to be the difference maker everyone knows he can be just doesn't seem to be aligned yet. Yeah, I believe his best game was in week two against the Cardinals. He maybe had 50 receiving yards. As you pointed out early in the show, had a ball go off his hands. We talked about some of the missed opportunities against the Titans. If he pulls in one of those catches, one of those targets for a touchdown, the Raiders win that game. But we're not going to do the what if game here today. Let's just <laughs> focus on what is and what needs to happen is Darren Wall has to pick up his game. But this goes along to the point why I wouldn't have paid him a massive multi-year salary before the season, before I see him in the offense. I, I would at least have the season mm-hmm. gone gone through half the season just to see how he fits into the office before I pay him. But hindsight's always 2020, but I just you can rewind the tape and I said that. But mm-hmm. um I did. I and then I I actually think Darren Wall is gonna pick it up. I don't think I think this is as you said maybe a part of being in a new offense and missing a large part of the offseason. It's it's it has inf- impacted him, I believe. But I won't again I won't fault him for going to a WNBA game when he wasn't going to play in the preseason game anyway. That is not why he's struggling. I think it's just the general idea that him not being on a practice field and not being in sync with the offense has adversely impacted his game. But as the season goes on, I think you'll see a lot better from Darren Waller going forward. 
Right. And, and, and some people would argue, well, you can't get the ball to everybody all the time. And, and, and that's correct, because especially you get Renfro back, hopefully for the Chiefs game. Renfro, Adams, now Hollins, who's emerged as that, that, that third receiver. And then Waller and then Moreau, if he comes back. you got a lot of guys who can catch the ball. But still, when you're a difference maker making that kind of money, you're the kind of guy who gets open. You're the kind of guy who makes things happen. And so you have no choice but to throw him the ball, i.e. like Devontae Adams. So so I'm not overly worried about Waller yet. You know, a couple more weeks of this, uh, then I might be a little more concerned. Uh, but at the same time, he just he just has had to play himself into. I think a lot of times injuries, they, the teams might not let on how serious they are because it is personal information. Uh, and I sometimes think it, take, it takes longer for people to come back from those injuries. And I think he might be in that situation. Seems to run fine, but putting everything together, when you're a fine-tuned athlete like that, I think it's really difficult. So uh, not no panic on Darren Waller yet, but definitely something we got to keep an eye on. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about didn't play poorly. In fact, played really well, and you mentioned it earlier, moving with his legs was Derek Carr. The interesting thing with Derek Carr, and we saw this last game against Tennessee, is Derek Carr, with the exception of those plays that he made with his legs, uh, was again sort of that game manager. Yes, he had nice passes, but he distributed the ball. Of course, they ran the ball more, so you're going to have less opportunity to throw. But with Derek Carr, I'm just seeing less of that, um, hey, Derek Carr, you got to go win the game for us. Instead, you just got to make sure you distribute the ball, run the offense. Um, is that by design, and is that something that we're going to have to get used to? And then the question longer term becomes, if that's what it takes in that system, do you want to pay a guy that much next year? That's a lot to unpack there, Scott. Uh, <laughs> but I'll start. Go. We can save yeah. some for later, but certainly, yeah, there's a <laughs> lot to get. I'll start. One thing I will say, when I, one thing I will point about Derek Carr is when Derek Carr is at his best, he has a complimentary run game. That's not a shot at Derek Carr. It's just no. the truth. You can go back to 2016 with that team that had Latavius Murray, DeAndre Washington, and uh, Jalen Rashard. That run game was pretty good. And even, even people say, well, last year he didn't have a run game, and you see what he did. Let's be honest about what the Raiders' run was last year. They played some backup or old quarterbacks or quarterbacks weren't playing well, and their defense <laughs> also helped them out. So I'm not saying – I'm not taking credit away from Derek Carr, but what I'm saying is that he's not the type of quarterback that you want throwing 45, 50 times and expect to win a football game. That's not who Derek Carr is. Uh, I think Derek Carr's the type of quarterback, you want him to have a complimentary – run game to help the passing attack because he can exploit some matchups in the passing game. Not saying he can't, but I just don't want Derek Carr. And I'm sure you, most quarterbacks, you don't want most quarterbacks, 95% of quarterbacks in the league dropping back 45 times to trust them to lead your team to victory. Now, would you, would you want to pay him more with that role that he has? I don't think he's going to be a game manager for most of the year with that pass catching group. I think you have to give some credit to the Denver Broncos they do have a good defense. I wouldn't say it's yep. elite because you don't know because of who they played before the Raiders, but Patrick Sertain, pretty good football player. Randy Gregory, pretty good football player. Draymond Jones, pretty good football player. They got some guys on that side of the ball. So I didn't expect Derek Carr to throw for 250 yards and have three touchdowns. I know Josh DeBoe of Associated Press predicted that Derek Carr would throw three touchdowns and all of these high stats. But I didn't see it happen at it again, not against Denver's defense. If you look at Derek Carr historically against Denver, I know he's pretty much won a lot of games against the Broncos, but 
a, a good portion of his games, he's thrown for less than 250 yards and had a complimentary ground attack to help him out against what's usually a good Denver Broncos defense. Yeah. So again, Derek Carr, to me, his ideal stat line is he's throwing maybe 25, 30 times in the game. He's got two or three touchdown passes, 250 yards, and the ground and the ground game is involved. I would say if Derek Carr has to throw 40 times, that means your run game is is ineffective or non-existent, and that could be a problem because if you're throwing that many times, you're increasing the probability of an interception or a turnover. Yeah. And as we all know, when you're throwing downfield, higher chance or higher probability of, of giving the ball to the other team. So I would say, yeah, Derek Carr's stats weren't impressive, but it was good to see him make some crucial plays with his legs, and I think that helped the Raiders win on Sunday. Absolutely. The other two other things with Derek Carr, one, uh, and I'll, I'll stay on the things that need to be improved, still some accuracy issues. We're four weeks in now, and I understand the offense, and I th- I still believe that it's got to do with the offensive line. I feel like he's he, he gets a little uncomfortable, although I thought he looked overall more comfortable against the Broncos than he has any other week this season. Uh, but, Mo, you think you, do you think that my theory there about that offensive line, he's just – He's just not comfortable because I, I don't care what anybody said. You can say you believe in all your guys and all that. But when you look down and your right guard and your right tackle are switched out all the time, I think it just plants a seed. And I think that's why we might see some of those accuracy issues. I mean, compared to what Derek Carr has had in the past, and now he's looking up and he's seeing Alex Bars as his left guard. <laughs> he's looking at a rookie right tackle. He's looking at a rookie right guard. I know Dylan Parham played well, but he's still a rookie. Yeah. You got you to gotta think that Derek Carr in the back of his mind is thinking, man, this offensive line, I'm going to I'm gonna have to be on point at tip-top level because right. this offensive line is, is shaky. Now, he's not going to say that on the mic or at the podium. He's always going to uplift his guys and, and speak highly of his teammates. But subconsciously, he knows his offensive line wasn't what it what isn't what it was a few years ago. So I think, yes, I think you're right about that. I think that's part of what you're seeing with his accuracy issues and sometimes him looking uncomfortable in the pocket. No question. All right. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about here, too, is is and every team has to deal with it in the NFL, and that's injuries. But injuries. the Raiders with injuries. You finally get Denzel Perryman in there, and then late in the game in the third quarter, he goes out with a concussion, and he's in the protocol. With what happened in Miami, I'm feeling like he might not be back for the Kansas City game unless it was such a minor condition and they go through a bunch of tests because I just think the NFL is going to overcompensate now because they they screwed the pooch on the Tua situation, and now they're going to be extra careful because they got caught doing it. So, so I'm worried about that. Rocky Sin is still out. Uh, we haven't gotten the first injury report past the, the initial week uh, report, which doesn't really give you much. It's, it's later. Once you get to practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you get more of a sense. But those growing and nagging injuries there, Moreau's still out. We don't know what his condition is. Um, this could really, you know, the Raiders, if they were at full strength coming off this game, you feel like, okay, maybe they're turning this around. We're going to have to watch it really closely, Mo, if they can, uh, if they can get these guys healthy and back on the field. Yeah. The big injury to watch, and you mentioned him a few, a couple of times is Denzel Perryman only because you got it. You're going to, I know Denzel Perryman is not a coverage linebacker. That's not his strong suit. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But you're going to have to do something with the middle of the field because Travis Kelsey, every time he plays the Raiders, oh he's, wide, he's wide open. He's getting 170 yards. He's getting a couple of touchdowns. The Raiders have to do something to stop him. I don't know if it's, it's, if it's a combination of Devon Diablo and Deron Harmon or Devon Diablo and Trayvon Merrick because it can't be John Abram. Please not John Abram. <laughs> but it has to be a combination of two defenders to so either bracket him or double team him because mm. every time he plays the Raiders, for him, it's like a buffet. And with Denzel Perryman out, to me, it's just, it's just another hole in defense. Again, I know he wouldn't be the guy in coverage against Travis Kelsey, but just having a weakness in the middle of that defense just makes me a little bit concerned about that that unit. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the last thing you want is is something to get. I mean, again, Heath brought that defense to life in my book and really rallied them. Uh, and it goes to show, as you mentioned over the last two shows, Mo, by the way, about the middle linebacker position and what it means when you talk about good defense. On Thursday's show last week, we talked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes such a huge difference, and we saw it. And so that Raiders defense making progress – and to not be with, not have him against the Chiefs in what is one of their biggest games. Because let's face it, I, I still am, am skeptical about the, the Raiders' chances in Kansas City. But I will tell you this. If the Raiders can go into Kansas City with the way that offense there is rolling, and by the way, the defense is playing pretty good too. Um, by the If they can go in and beat the Chiefs, then you start to turn the whole season around. Because then you're 2-3 and three going into the bye and you're 2-0 in the division, right, uh, in the last two weeks. Of course, they lost to the Chargers in week one. So you're 2-1 in the division. You're right there. And, and the way the AFC is now shaping up and the way the AFC West is kind of disappointed, the AFC West, we thought there might be three playoff teams. And now there still may be, but early on it's not, it's not stacking up like we thought it would. So the division winner might be the only team to make the playoffs. And if that's the case because of all the injuries in L.A. as well and Denver not being as good as people thought – then the race in the AFC West takes on increased import, uh, importance. Uh, just a quick note. What's what's former Raiders linebacker Greg Greg Beaker doing these days? Because if Denzel Perryman can't play and get these guys lined up and, and, and get the formation and set for Travis Kelsey, then they may need to call Greg Beaker or Kirk Morrison. But on to your point about the Chiefs, it's a – I don't want to go into into to the preview too much, but right. I seem to remember a Raiders team that was an underdog to the Chiefs two years ago going into Arrowhead. In the same week, by the way, week five, 2020, the Raiders were underdogs against the Chiefs, and what happened? They won 40-32 to 32 with a rookie Henry Ruggs yes. blowing the game up with some big plays. Now, I think the offense this year is better than the, the offense of that two years ago. With Devontae Adams, let's hope that Hunter Renfro is back. Darren Wallace, let's hope he gets back on track. Overall, I think the offense is better now. The weapons are at least. Uh, I, I, it, let's not. I don't. I don't think the Raiders have to get into a shootout because again, if they run the ball well, you can keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. But they're built to have a shootout if they need to have one. But it's it's tough call 
But I will say this. The people that, that threw in a towel at 0-3, if the Raiders win this game against the Chiefs on Monday night, those people will be coming back onto the bandwagon and maybe listening to our show saying, you know what, Mo, Scott, maybe your 10-11 win prediction isn't out the window yet. I just want to say that. Wow. There you go. Well, and, and again, I don't give them much of a chance, but there is a chance. And all you yes. need is a chance. That's and if it. you believe in what you're doing, and the I just think the offense is going to have to have a massive day because, yeah. uh, well, we'll talk about it on Thursday. Uh, but <laughs> Mo, the one thing, oh, by the way, there is a veteran linebacker out there that plays the middle. Um, he's very, very obscure, but his name is Taylor Lawrence. He's older and maybe he's available. I'm just kidding. It's Lawrence Taylor backwards. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Maybe really quick, way. quick. Yeah. No, I wonder. I wonder if this means now. It, if Denzel Perriman is out, or if they think Denzel Perriman is going to be out, I wonder if they actually bring in Blake Martinez, who came into a visit. I don't think he's signed with the team yet because they he did have a visit. I believe a week ago. Yeah. Last Again, week. he's he's not a coverage linebacker, but he's a guy who but, knows how to run Patrick Graham's defense because he did it with the Giants tackle machine, just like Denzel Perriman. I think some help is better than no help. We'll see how the week pans out. But if, if Denzel Perriman is not going to be out there, I would bring in Blake Martinez. Yeah, I just and, – and to your point, it's nothing against Divine Diablo. He's a two-year player. He's a young dude. He plays well in spots and has contributed great for the Raider defense. But you need you need that veteran dog in the middle, man, especially against yeah. this Chiefs team. I think you got to keep the those young players in the game, keep them focused, mm -hmm. and having that guy. So if Perriman is not going to be there, it would make a lot of sense – uh, so we're going to watch the waiver wire because Blake Martinez makes a lot of sense. Um, and even if he's not a long term, even if it's for a couple of weeks, uh, it would be worth it, in my view, to see it. Goes. But Mo, is, but, go ahead. But, yeah, go but, ahead. By the way, not to talk up Andy Reid on a Raiders podcast, but did you see the play design <laughs> from the Chiefs against the Buccaneers? Like there are so many wow. creative things that Andy Reid does. And this is why you need a veteran linebacker to have your defenders ready for all types of things. He, he, yes. He's going to pull the tricks out of the bag. You know, he yeah. is. And I know how Raider fans feel about Chiefs fans and Andy Reid, but it just is what it is. You watch that it game, is. man. That was like he was playing chess. The other guy, uh, um, Leftwich, was playing checkers, man. He didn't even know what – even Tom Brady looked rattled and lost. He didn't, he didn't know what was going on on that Sunday night game. So uh, it just goes to show you. But, Mo, interesting story here. And, again, like you said, we're going to Thursday. By the way, tomorrow, Wednesday, we have our mailbag show Thursday, we'll have our uh, in-depth preview of the game coming up, and we'll get you up to speed on Raiders roster news, injuries, and the such. But this Chiefs team, we all, I think, at least I did. I'll speak for myself. I can't remember what you thought. I thought they would take a step back. I really did. Um, they have not taken a step back. They are still, the AFC West championship runs through Kansas City. There's no question uh, that they have come out and I think proved a lot of people wrong. Has that surprised you? It hasn't surprised me, but I did have the Raiders and the Chiefs fighting for a playoff spot in the last week of the season. I said that last yes, game between the Raiders and the Chiefs would be, would be for the playoff spot. It looks like now it could be the Chiefs just chilling out saying, okay, we already won the division <laughs> and we have to decide whether we want to play our stars or not against the Raiders who may be fighting for a spot. We'll see. But I, again, and I said this, I haven't actually, I haven't said this on Twitter yet because Raider fans are going to probably throw things at me, but the separation between Andy Reid and the rest of the head coaches in the division is like the Grand Canyon. 
<laughs> the Chiefs can the Chiefs can lose a playmaker here or there, but they will have the head coaching advantage when it when it comes to Andy Reid versus Brendan Staley versus Josh McDaniel versus definitely Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, the the gap between the coaching is just so wide that you have to give the Chiefs the advantage. Now we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But again, it it's a long year, but you wonder. Now, Joshua Daniels, as we talked about, seems to be coming around with his game plans. I don't know about Nathaniel Hackett. Brandon Sale was always kind of iffy on, but I thought the talent will overcome his his aggressiveness on fourth down. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. But this 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 matchup between Chiefs Raiders coming up is a big test also for Josh McDaniels. How is he going to match wits with Dave, uh, Steve Spagnuolo, who won a Super Bowl with the Giants? His defense coming, as you said, playing well. A lot of people want to talk about the Chiefs' offense and Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs' defense is also playing pretty well. Now it's time for Silver and Black Theater. Josh <laughs> McDaniels phones Bill Belichick. Hey, Coach, uh, you want to give me some tips on the Chiefs? No, not really. Uh, not really. Click. That's it. <laughs> now maybe if he was the NFC, maybe he would give his former protege some clips, but he's not getting anything from anybody in the AFC uh, by the way, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, the, the Chiefs game is going to be a tough one. I'm looking forward to talk about it. Tomorrow, Mo, we do our mailbag show. We will answer some questions and chat a little bit and, and have some fun with that. So please make sure you join us on that show. Again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you guys being with us, as always, on this Tuesday. And um, make sure you send us mail. You can mail us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. I say do it after the Sunday game. Oh, this week, it's going to be a Monday night game. So you can send it to us Monday, Monday night, whenever you want. Uh, but that way you get the most fresh perspective on what's going on with the Raiders. But we certainly appreciate you guys do that. So tune in tomorrow for that one. Just go sign up for auto-download wherever you get your podcasts. And that way, every time we push a show, it's there. You don't even have to worry about it. You just open your phone. You click on Silver and Black today on your favorite podcast app, and there it is. There's Mo and I. We're sitting in your phone. We're knocking on the glass saying, let us out. Listen to the show. So make sure you do that. Mo, my friend, I will talk to you tomorrow as we read some mail. Some interesting mailbag questions. And first time after a Raiders win, it feels pretty good. It does feel good. Uh, and we hope we hope that you guys have a better week because of it. And, man, going into big Monday Night Football, you don't have the Raiders on Sunday, so you got time to rest up and get ready for that big matchup in KC. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. This has been another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Take care, everyone.